welcome, welcome. Good to see you guys tonight. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord. I pray you've had a, a good warm day today and the sun has shined on your, on your walk as you've gone throughout your day today. Uh, I don't know if, if Oklahoma weather understands it's supposed to be springtime and we're supposed to be getting warm, but we'll just take what we get and don't throw a fit. Amen. And so are you guys ready to worship together tonight? Sing our praises unto the Lord. Why don't you stand if you'd like to? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we love you tonight. We thank you, God, just for the blessed opportunity to be in your house. We ask you, Lord God, to come and to, to meet with your people mightily. Uh, Lord, we ask that you would just minister to every need around this room together. Uh, Lord, as we seek you, as we pursue you, God, may you be the one who receives all the praise and the glory and the honor uh, for all the things that happen. Uh, God, it's never ever for us. It's never ever about us. But God, it's always for you. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship together.
song says, I worship you, Almighty God. Can you make that personal tonight and, and you just enter in in your own way and just begin to worship Him? Lord, you're mighty. You're so precious to us, Lord. Lord, we worship you simply for who you are. You are Jehovah Jireh. You're Jehovah Nisi. You're Jehovah Shalom. You're Jehovah Rapha. You're my God and my King and my, my friend who sticks closer than a brother. Your promise is to never leave us nor forsake us. We thank you, Lord, and we worship you, God. But you're always strong on behalf of the people whom you love, who pursue you. Oh, we do pursue you tonight, God, with all that we are. Precious God. Precious God. Precious God. Oh, we love you. Ah, oh, we love you.
child, come to me with your burdens. Come to me with your worries. I put them on my back. I've already taken stripes for everything that's ever happened to you. I am a God of peace and a God of love. I will not forsake you in any time. Come to me at the end of this world as it draws near because I am the only way out. I am the only way to heaven through Jesus Christ, my son, that I've already sinned. May you open your eyes and your heart to receive me. Even now, even now in the times of perilous times and troubles and worries, call on my name. Call on my name. Even now, in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Aren't you glad we can call on Him? And He's our help tonight. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise, please. Thank the Lord. Amen. Thank you guys for being here tonight. We love you. We appreciate you. Uh, thank you for your faithfulness to the house of the Lord. Um, we're praying, believing uh, these Wednesday night services continue to grow and increase and, and the Lord to bless them and honor them. Uh, a few things to be reminded of tonight. Bulletin items, uh, upcoming events, things that are going on. Uh, coming up this Sunday morning, uh, beginning at 9 o'clock and going until 10.15, uh, we're going to be having a church-wide uh, fellowship and breakfast. Uh, we invite everybody to come. No, there will not be Sunday school that day, uh, but we will be serving uh, breakfast. The men's ministries uh, taking care of serving, and uh, we just want you to come. And it's going to be a great day in the Lord. Uh, we're expecting uh, several several people to be here that day, and so we're just asking you to get out the word and invite people. Invite somebody to breakfast, and then get them to stay for church. And uh, it'll, be a, it'll be a good day, be a good day in the Lord. Um, Easter egg hunt's coming up on the 16th. Uh, that'll be at 11.30 in the morning. Uh, we encourage you, there's some flyers on the information booth. Uh, if you've got a place where you can put one of those up, maybe in a place of business or uh, around town or something like that that you have access to, or maybe you've got some kids or grandkids you'd like to pass that on to. We've got over 4,000 Easter eggs that we're going to be putting out on that day. Uh, Miss Courtney's already been uh, and, and got prizes. There will be door prizes and drawings that are given away on that day. And so uh, it's always a great time, a great outreach, and an opportunity to invite people to be in service with us the, the following day for Easter uh, Sunday morning. And so uh, begin inviting people to the Easter egg hunt and for Easter as well. Easter, of course, is the 17th. Uh, we're having two Sunday morning services that day. We'll have an 8.15 service. Uh, we'll break and we'll have Sunday school. And then we'll come back at 10.30 and have our second service. Uh, I've had several ask me, no, we will not be having a PM service uh, that night. Um, for, for those that have asked, I encourage them to come and be with us on a Wednesday night service. And uh, we, we'd love to have you then as well. Uh, but for Easter Sunday, I know people are traveling and going to be with their friends and family. And so uh, we, we want you to have the opportunity to do that. And uh, so we won't be having a Sunday night uh, on Easter, but we will be having the two Sunday morning services. You may have also noticed in your bulletin that the uh, youth are selling water bottles for their uh, missions trip. It's a fundraiser. Uh, they've got 24-ounce plastic squirt bottles that they're selling for $5 and a 25-ounce uh, aluminum, uh, like a straw-type bottle, uh, that they're selling for $8. You can get any of the church logos that you want put on those bottles uh, to, to represent your church, to represent uh, children's ministry or youth ministries or prime timers or young adults. We, we all have, uh, you know, their own uh, name and own logo that we can have attached to that bottle. And so uh, all the proceeds go to help the kiddos uh, to be able to go on their missions trip to Eureka Springs this summer. And so uh, if you'd like one of those, there's a sign-up sheet in the, in, uh, the foyer 
And so I encourage you to, to grab one and sign up. Jason did say if you wanted something special, uh, maybe just your initial or something like that, uh, maybe, I, I don't know, your last name initial, something of that regard, uh, that he was willing to do that as well. And uh, so he'd love to, love to make it as easy for you and as good for you as, as possible. So uh, I'm sure you guys would like to help with that. Prayer requests tonight, thanks to be reminded of, kind of two, uh, two special things. Brother Curtis Moore uh, went this, this week. They, of course, he had the monitor on. He wore that through the weekend, and uh, they, they did all that stuff. He went uh, to the heart doctor. He still has some more testing to do, and so they really don't know exactly what's going on just yet, uh, but continue to pray for Brother Curtis, and we're just going to believe just for a, a supernatural touch and healing in his body. Uh, Brother Ronnie Burns, I was able to visit with him this afternoon. Uh, Brother Ronnie's actually in the hospital uh, right now, for those of you that, that may have not have heard that, that bit of information. Uh, he has an infection, a very serious infection in his foot. Um, and, and they thought that he had uh, the flu uh, for a couple of weeks. And uh, he kept struggling with that, not feeling well with that. And, and so they were treating him for the flu, and it never was getting any better. And so uh, they finally, he went uh, into the doctor. Uh, Miss Mary noticed his foot was red and kind of swollen, so they took him in to get him checked out. And come to find out there was an infection on his foot, uh, or in his foot, in the blood. And that's what's causing uh, all the flu-like symptoms that are going on. And so they've got him in the hospital right now, just pumping the antibiotics to him. And so uh, I, he looked great. Great. And of course, he couldn't talk from Mary talking, if you know what I mean. <laughs> so, uh, but we did have a good visit, and uh, he looked he looked really good. And uh, just continue to pray for Brother Ronnie. Uh, the Lord just touch him and 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 build him up. Still praying for James Curran. Uh, still praying for Jerry Otto. Still praying for Garen. Great report on Garen, but we're praying even better things. Yes, sister. So Jerry's better. He's in rehab. Okay. Awesome. He's doing really well. Praise the Lord. That's great news. Uh, still praying for Bud and for Betty? How's, how's, how are they doing, sis? Well, uh, Thomas, I just went to class this, but Dad went to the uh, cancer doctor, and uh, the doctor said, you are doing, doing so good. I don't want to see you for six months. I know. Praise God. Stage four, but he don't want to see you for six months. Oh, my goodness. Woo! Wow. Uh, Amen. Yes. Amen. Surgery on the 12th, right? All right. I'm praying for Betty. Lord to touch her. What else tonight? Anything? Uh, Sister Marla, while I'm, while I'm thinking about it, Sister Marla is down on her back. Um, she's gotten a, a couple of shots. Uh, didn't seem to help. Didn't seem to make a lot of difference. And uh, so she's, she's going to rest just for a few days. And so lift up Marla, please, in your prayer. Uh, she came in today, had just a, a little bit of stuff that she had to do, or she thought she had to do. Uh, I was fussing at her the whole time. Go home, get out of here, you don't need to be here. And, and uh, she wouldn't listen to me. I mean, you would think that I was her, her boss or something, but she, wouldn't, she wasn't going to listen to me. She had to come in and do some stuff. So anyway, I, we appreciate Miss Marla and all that she does, but please be praying for her. Let me give you guys a moment or two tonight to add needs, names, things that are going on with you. Uh, what can we be in prayer with you about tonight? Anyone at all? Boy, y'all are a healthy bunch tonight. How about a praise report? Anybody want to brag on God right quick about all the good that He's doing in your life? Tommy, you want to brag on God? Come on. We know that for a fact, Brother Tommy. Amen. God's good and He's faithful. Amen. We love Him tonight. We praise Him. Thank you guys again for being here. Uh, it's an opportunity to, to have our midweek refueling time. And uh, so I appreciate you guys getting out and being here on this chilly Wednesday night. Why don't we stand together tonight and pray over these needs. Let's just ask the Lord to have His way right now. What do you say? Father, 
Uh, we love you tonight. God, we thank you for the opportunity to be gathered again in your house. Uh, Lord, we pray over every need and every name here upon this list. Uh, God, we especially lift up Brother Curtis to you tonight. We ask you to touch him, uh, to heal him, God, just to do a complete and mighty work in his body. Uh, we, we pray for Brother Ronnie. Uh, Lord, we ask that you would just minister to Ronnie tonight, God, from the, the bottom of his feet to the top of his head and every point in between. God, I pray infection gone and removed from his body. I, I ask you, Lord God, for the swelling and the pain to, to be removed from his foot. God, all the soreness to be taken away. Uh, Lord, right now we pray for Betty Welch and her upcoming procedure. Uh, God, we ask that you lead and guide those surgeons' hands and be with them every step of the way. God, we pray over the spoken things and we pray over the unspoken things. God, we, we give you praise for who you are, your healing virtue and your healing power flowing in this room tonight. And God, we're, we're quick to ask. So God, we want to be just as quick to come back and say thank you. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy. Thank you, God, for your healing. Thank you that you're good all the time. And Lord, we thank you for, for the healing power we find in your name. We give you all the glory and all the honor. And we ask it in Jesus' amazing anointed name we pray. Amen and amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap tonight for his healing power. Amen. God bless you tonight as you're seated. I love him tonight. I want to jump right into his word. I've got a lot of things on my heart I want to share with you. Uh, we're going to be wrapping up tonight our, our series on healing. Uh, I'm excited to jump in and, uh, next week into our series on worship. Uh, the Lord's kind of got me lined out over the next few months. And so uh, I'm excited about the things that are in front of us and the things that he's allowing me to share with you right now. And, and I always want to follow him. And uh, one of the ways I believe that, that we follow him is through praise and worship. I know that we've, we've, we've played music, we've sang songs, but, but I, I believe there's a true form of worship that flows from our heart as well, just out of our own voice and, and out of our own emotion. And so would you join me one more time tonight and let's just praise our Father. Lord, we love you. God, again, we praise you. We thank you again, Lord, just that we can gather and, and honor you and magnify you. God, we thank you that, that you're here in this room with us tonight. And, and Lord, you're moving in our midst. We, we thank you, God, that you're never early and you're never late. God, you're always right on time. And God, we honor you together in this place. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Let's give him one more hand clap if you wouldn't mind, please. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. How many believe tonight that our God is the God of all healing? If there's, if there's one thing that we focused on over these past several Wednesday nights is, is the healing virtue and the healing power of Almighty God. Uh, if you've been here with us over the past several Wednesday nights, you'll know and remember that we've been in this series of messages on the topic of healing. Up to now, over the, the past few weeks, up to date, we've spoken about the willingness of God to heal. How many understand God is not only able, but God is willing to heal as well? Uh, he, he took punishment. He took stripes on His body. Jesus Christ endured the pain. He endured the torment uh, of the whipping post. All that He might endure stripes on His body so that we might have healing in ours. Friend, that's a, a, a first-hand explanation of the willingness of Jesus Christ and the willingness of God the Father to minister healing in the world today. How many believe God's still willing to heal, right? Uh, we also spoke about hindrances to healing. How many understand things like gossip and unforgiveness and doubt uh, will, will cause healing to be far away from us? If we hold somebody's past against them, they'll never receive healing power in their body. They'll never receive healing power in their life. If we have unforgiveness towards someone and, and we try to minister healing to them, how many understand we're, we're not ministering from a place of right relationship? Uh, the, the Father says that uh, if we want to be forgiven, we must also give forgiveness. And if we have ought against somebody, we're supposed to leave the altar. We're supposed to go make things right with that individual and then return and begin to pray. Listen, I believe that there are things that can hinder. It can be like a roadblock or an obstacle to the healing process. We've also spoken about the fact that the church is called and anointed to be the place of healing. We talked about through that message about the things that we must do to become the hospital for healing, the, the lighthouse for the lost, the river of the flowing of the Holy Spirit. We, we talked about the things that are required for us as believers to, to become a place of healing. 
Uh, last week, we began to talk about the, the path that will lead us towards that healing. We spoke to the truth that, that there's a path that will take us to the healing place. And I believe God calls us to find that path on a daily basis, to get on that path and walk out that path towards healing continually. I don't want to be off again. I don't want to be on again. I want to get on the path that will take me towards healing. And I want to walk that out every day. How about you? Well, one of the truths that we've discovered in this study over and over again is that God's will and God's plan is to use the church and to use the man of God and the woman of God to be a part of the healing process. One of the things you've heard your pastor say on numerous occasions is that I believe God has called us to be a hospital for the hurting. I think people all be people ought to be able to walk in the door of, of this church and find healing for, for whatever their hurt is. Amen? No matter if it's emotional or physical or, or financial or spiritual, they ought to be able to walk in the door and find the healing that they need. Why? Because we are called to be the hands and the feet of Almighty God. I may believe that. We are called to be a part of the healing process. But the truth many times is simple. The truth is this, is that before we can minister healing to somebody else, sometimes we got to get ourselves ready to minister healing. Sometimes we ourselves are in a place where, where we need healing. Sometimes we ourselves are in a place where, where we need to find ourselves prepared before we can ever help anybody else. Uh, the fact is we can have the best motivations in the world, but we can be running on empty and not have anything to give to somebody else, right? Uh, Think with me. When somebody's driving and they, they go off the road and they get stuck in the mud and we decide that we're going to be a good Samaritan and we're going to pull along beside of them and we're going to pull them out of the mud, I mean, oh, you've got to have a tow rope before you can ever get them out of the mud, right? You might have good intentions, you might have good motivation, but if you're not prepared to help somebody, you're not any help at all and chances are you might get stuck in the mud yourself, I'm going to understand, we need to be prepared a long time before we ever get to the point of actually doing something. Uh, it's much like when, when I come into this pulpit to preach the Word of God. Friend, I want you to understand, I spend hours in study. I spend hours in prayer. I spend hours seeking the voice of the Holy Spirit. I want to know what God wants me to say. I want to know when He wants me to say it and who He wants me to say it to. I want to be studied up. I want to be prayed up. I want to be ready when the opportunity comes to step into the pulpit to preach the Word of God. Because here's the reality. I know what it feels like to step into this time and not be prepared to preach the Word of God. I always want to be overstudied. I always want to be overprepared. I always want to be ready when the moment approaches. I believe with all my heart the same truth comes to pass when we talk about being that hospital for the hurting. We need to spend time preparing ourselves before we can ever minister to somebody else. I don't believe, I, I, I don't believe that, that we can ever be too prepared to minister. I don't believe we can ever be too prayed up. I don't believe we can ever be too studied up. I don't believe we can be over prepared, but I believe we can be right on time with where God wants us to be. And I believe this with all my heart as well, church, that the Lord wants the church to be a place of healing. So I believe that God's people must find ourselves prepared to minister healing to the hurting. Find your Bibles. That's what I want to talk to you tonight about. Uh, I want to talk about being prepared to minister healing. We're going to the book of Mark, chapter 1. Mark, chapter 1. Poke your neighbor and ask him, are they prepared? We ought to be a prepared people. Perpetually prepared. Mark chapter 1, verses 35 through 39. The word of the Lord says this. Now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place. And there he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him. And when they found him, they said to him, Everyone's looking for you. And he said to them, Let us go into the next town, that I might preach there also, because for this purpose I have come. And he preached in their synagogues throughout all of Galilee, casting out demons. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for your word. God, I thank you for the calling to preach it. And I thank you for the opportunity to preach it. 
Lord, I'm asking you tonight to make the preaching easy, to make the hearing receptive. And God, I pray that it, it, this word falls on good fertile ground, that it might spring up a, a ministry of healing in all of us. Lord, leave nothing out tonight, and may you be the one who receives the praise. I ask it all in the strong, amazing name of Jesus. And all of God's people agreed and said, Amen. 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 Let's give him one more hand clap, if you wouldn't mind, please. Thank God. Thank God. Thank the Lord today for the healing power of the Lord. How many believe He still heals today? Amen. He still heals today. How many also understand tonight that He's a healing? Uh, it's His will to minister healing to the hurting. And He wants to work through you and I to do exactly that. How many believe you're called to be His hands? Amen. And you're called to be His feet? Jesus, in his, earthly minister, in his earthly ministry, ministered healing on a continual basis. All sorts of needs is, is the way that Jesus ministered. He ministered to the lame. He ministered to the blind. He ministered to people who had seizures. He ministered to people with blood issues. He ministered to people with withered hands, broken hearts, demonically possessed. Jesus Christ even raised the dead. One of the best descriptions of Jesus' earthly ministry is this. Jesus was a teacher, a preacher, and a healer. In, Mark, in, in Matthew chapter 4, verse 23, the Bible says, And Jesus went about all of Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. Jesus was a preacher, a teacher, and a healer. Jesus had a ministry of healing. Jesus said of you and I today that we are called also to be ministers of healing. And in the book of John, chapter 14, verse 12, Jesus said, Most assuredly I say to you that he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. Jesus said, I have called you to do what I do and even greater things than I do because I'm going to be with my Father. Now understand, don't be confused. Jesus didn't mean that we'd do greater, more dynamic things. But what Jesus was talking about in saying greater things, it meant we would do greater in realm. We would have a greater reach. Why? Because there's more disciples today than there were then. And so we have a greater opportunity in front of us. There's a greater resource to reach those that are hurting. Jesus said we would do the same things He did. Now what was Jesus? Jesus was a preacher, He was a teacher, and He was a healer. And so therefore, I believe God has called His body to be a church that ministers healing to the hurting. How many believe that tonight? In 2 Corinthians 5 and 20, we're called Christ's ambassadors. In other words, we're His representatives. I said it a moment ago, we are the hands and feet of the, to the world today. As His ambassadors, His hands and His feet need to be taking part in the healing process that so many people are so desperately in need of. How many agree with what the preacher said so far tonight? The, the reality though is this. Sometimes we must prepare ourselves before we're ever ready to go minister to somebody else. Even Jesus spent time in preparation. That's what I see in this story tonight. Before Jesus would, would go into an encounter, many times we would see Him preparing Himself for, for the thing that He would have to be dealing with beforehand. Wouldn't it be awesome to walk into a room full of sick people and pray for them and see them all get better? Wouldn't it be awesome to, to walk into a room full of people with broken hearts and minister to them and see them all get better and receive joy? Wouldn't it be great and wouldn't it be amazing to lay hands on the sick and see them instantaneously recover? Listen, friend, I believe that if Jesus had to spend time preparing, then God's people ought to spend some time preparing as well. The truth is we never know when we might encounter someone who is at the height of the greatest need in their life. They need somebody who can lay hands on them. They need somebody who can speak encouraging words to them. They need somebody to build them up. They need somebody to minister healing to them. And in that moment that they need you the most to minister healing to them, what they don't need is for somebody to say, oh, hang on just a second, let me go pray, and then I'll come back and pray for you. 
We don't have time to shut it down. We don't have time to stop. We don't have time to to go uh, get prayed up, get studied up, get prepared before we minister to somebody. We need to be walking around prepared all the time because you never know when you're going to encounter somebody who needs healing in their life. I believe that's exactly what Jesus did. He was able to minister healing simply because he was continually prepared. Every time the opportunity arrived, every time he was presented with an opportunity to minister healing, Jesus found himself ready to heal. Church, I tell you tonight that if the Son of God spent time preparing, then we as God's people need to spend some time preparing as well. There's some things I believe that will help us to be prepared minister to minister healing to the hurting. And the very first thing I want to talk to you, hang on, you ain't going to like this, but I'm going to preach it anyway. Very first thing we need to do to get prepared is you need to get up. Look with me at verse 35. Verse 35 says, Now in the morning, now in the morning, Having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. Bless the Lord. How many understand life's busy? Anybody have a busy life besides the preacher? We're all busy. We spend time at work, we spend time at school, we spend time at play. We've got things the kids got to do, we got things we got to do, we got things we have to do, and we got things we want to do. The the truth is it doesn't really make any difference if you're young or old or in between. We all live busy, active lives. Can I get a witness? Some folks thought when they were going to retire, man, I'm just going to have all the time in the world. I ain't going to have to do nothing. Ain't that right, Brother Rick? Life's going to be so easy when I retire. I've spoken with both Randy and Brother Rick, and, and their testimony is, Pastor, I'm busier now than I've ever been in my life. I don't know how I ever did anything when I was still working. I don't know how I ever got anything done. Friend, let me tell you something. It doesn't matter if you're working a full-time job or if you're retired. Life is a busy place. Can you say amen? But the good news tonight is this. There's nothing wrong with being busy. There's nothing wrong with being active. There's nothing wrong with living a very active, busy lifestyle. Why? Because what I read about my Jesus is, Jesus lived a very busy, very active life. Amen? The only problem comes along is when we allow our busyness to dominate or we allow our busyness to overwhelm our lives. The, the truth is that, that our lives are so busy that, that many times we don't have time to stop and just simply spend time with the Lord. We, we can get busy going and doing and running and chasing. And uh, if we're too busy to spend time with the Lord, let me tell you as your friend and as your pastor, if you're too busy to get up early and spend time with God, you're busier than God wants you to be. Church, I believe that if we're ever going to be prepared to minister to somebody, then we're going to have to set some priorities. we got to make the main thing the main thing. That's exactly what I believe Jesus did. Jesus connected to the Father. Jesus spent time with the Father. And sometimes it meant he had to get up a long time before daylight in order to spend time with the Father. I know that's what some of you are thinking right now. And let me answer your question. No, I am not crazy. you got to get up early. For the, the psalmist started the whole deal. Psalm 63 and 1, the psalmist said, Oh God, you are my God. Early I will seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you. In a dry and weary land where there is no water. Listen, sometimes the best thing we can do is get up and spend time with the Lord. Can I get a witness? It it occurred to me that I was putting this word together. That if it's something that we really want to do, if it's something we're really interested in, if it's something that really, really gets us motivated, we will jump out of the bed at 3 o'clock in the morning to drive as far as we can to go get on an airplane to go on vacation... But they're going to have church down there at 8.15. Man, that's awful early to have church. For me personally, about October 1, whenever deer season rolls around, 
It is no big deal for me to get out of the bed at 5 o'clock in the morning to go take a shower and to hit the door running, singing zippity doo dot day, I'm going to kill a big buck today, you know? Uh, it, it, it's the excitement, it's the anticipation of, uh, of what's going to happen, the, the vacation we're going on, or, or the big deer that we're going to see, or, or the exciting event that we're going to participate in. Whatever it may be, we're willing to get up early to do that. Friend, we ought to be willing to get up early to spend time with our Father. That's the example that Jesus had for us. Jesus got up early and spent time in prayer. He spent time in preparation. His prayer time in the middle of the day is okay. Prayer time at the night time, it's okay. But early in the day when we first get up, how many of you understand you're more freshed? Your mind has not yet been caught up with all the events that are unfolding in the world. All the busyness of the day is not hit yet. And you can spend your quality time with Almighty God because you give Him your first fruits, first thing of the morning. Book of Psalms chapter 5 verse 3, the psalmist again said, My voice you will hear in the morning. O oh Lord, in the morning I will direct it to you and I will look up. Psalms 88 and 13, the psalmist again says, But to you I have cried out, O oh Lord, and in the morning my prayer comes before you. Jesus sets the example of getting up and seeking the Father up before anything else took place. He set getting up early and seeking the Father as a priority. If we desire to be a place of healing, if we desire to be a person who ministers healing, then friend, can I tell you today, as your pastor and as your friend, the first step in this process is getting our sack out of the bed, spending time with the Father. I knew I'd get a whole bunch of amens on that one. How do we get prepared to minister healing? Well, it starts by getting up. Another way we prepare to, to minister healing is, I know this is all deep theological thoughts for you tonight, but we've got to spend time in prayer as well. Look again with me at verse 35. Verse 35, and the Word says, Now in the morning, having risen a long time before daylight, He went out and departed to a solitary place, and there He prayed. Thank God. How many understand there's power in prayer tonight? If God's people would get back to the place of humble prayer before Almighty God, some things that we're griping about might just turn around in this old world. You know it? <laughs> How many of you owning a vehicle is a great thing? How many of you remember your very first car? Can you think back that far? My very first car, I've told you guys before, I had a 1970 Ford Maverick. 1970 Ford Maverick. Google that. You've never probably seen one. They've all been demolished since time. Mine was an ugly three-tone color. Uh, the fenders were, were rusted out, and so I got Bondo and filled them babies back in, and, and, and then I couldn't find any primer that was the right color, so I had some black spray paint, and so I painted over that Bondo. It was a tan-colored car uh, with black Bondo fill-in, uh, and, and then it had a dark chocolate brown vinyl roof on top of it. Man, it was some kind of ugly. But it got me from point A to point B. I'll never forget, I worked all summer one summer uh, helping my uncle haul hay. Uh, and, and for working all summer that summer, I made enough money to spend $500 on buying that car. I thought I was the king of the schoolhouse because I had my own. I didn't have to depend on mama to drive me around anymore. I had my own vehicle to drive from point A to point B. The only limitations that I found about that car was one day when I forgot to put gasoline in it. Anybody else besides the preacher ever run out of gas? Come on, be honest. Lord of mercy, there's more of you than I thought there would be. Almost everybody in the room's hand went up. Did you see? We almost had revival. <laughs> Do you know that a car has to have gasoline to run? And do you know that a car has to have the right kind of gasoline in it to run? I'll never forget one time when I worked for Dresser Rand, uh, a, a real good friend of mine by the name of John Barbie and I were going on a field trip together. Supervisor said, John, here's their credit card. Take the truck down to the gas station and fill it up, would you please, so you boys will have gasoline to drive on. John filled that truck up with gasoline. The only problem was it was a diesel pickup truck. 
we didn't go on a field trip that week. <laughs> you got to have the right thing put in the tank, and you got to have something put in the tank. Are you following me so far? I, I, listen, I believe that not only can we run out of gas physically, and I believe that not only can we put the wrong thing in the tank physically, but we can also do that spiritually as well. Uh, again, we live these busy, demanding lives, and if we don't spend time refueling, we're going to run out of gasoline, and we're going to be trying to run on empty. I mean, oh, if you're running on empty, you don't have anything to give somebody else. How many understand tonight that Jesus didn't just get up early and sit around and drink coffee? Jesus didn't just get up early and run down to McDonald's for an Egg McMuffin. Jesus got up early and he spent time in prayer talking to the Father. Friend, listen to your pastor. We need to get up early and spend time in prayer talking to our Father. Jesus many times spent time in prayer. And I believe he was doing this to refuel. Many times he reconnected to the Father. He stayed in contact. He stayed in constant communication and constant contact with his Father. Many times we find Jesus just before or just after doing a mighty miracle, he would spend time in prayer. Here in the Word of God tonight in Mark chapter 1, if you did a little back study, what you'd find is that he got up early uh, in prayer, but the day before that, in verse 31, he spent time healing Peter's mother-in-law. And in verses 32 and 34, the Bible says he healed all who were sick and demonically possessed. Listen, Jesus had just ministered healing. He had just cast out demonic spirits. And so the next morning comes along and he says, You know what? I'm going to get up. I'm going to get out by myself. And I'm going to spend time talking to my father and let him put some gas back in my tank. Oh, pastor, he's the son of God. He didn't have to refuel. Friend, why did he do it then? Mm. Jesus spent a lot of time in prayer. Book of Hebrews chapter 5 verse 7 says, During the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petition with, with fervent cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverent submission. Jesus Christ offered up prayers and petition with fervent cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. Now who do you suppose that was? That was his heavenly Father. Friend, let me tell you something. If the Son of God spent time with prayers and petition with fervent cries and tears, how much more should the children of Almighty God with all that's going on in our lives today, sometimes we can feel like we're being drained and we have nothing to give back, nothing to give back, nothing to give back. That's when we've got to run back to the Lord and say, Lord, here's my cup, fill me up. I need it one more time. Book of Isaiah chapter 40 verse 31 says that they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with, e with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary and they shall walk and not faint. Why? Because they spent time waiting on the Lord. The Son of God spent time in prayer, refueling and preparing Himself. Then how much more do we, the church of 2022, need to spend time in prayer and preparation of ourselves before we ever think about going and ministering to somebody else? How can we be prepared to minister healing? we got to get up. we got to go pray. And one more thing we need to find out is we need to do it in a quiet place. Look at verse 35. Y'all are about to blow me out this back wall tonight. Woo. Now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out to depart to a solitary place. And there he prayed. Where did he go? He went to a solitary place. Church, I'm a big believer tonight in quality time with God. I, I submit to you that, that quality time is a whole lot more important than quantity time. Spending quality time with God is a whole lot more important than spending quantity time with God. I think about the time that I spend with my family. Some of our very best times are spent just driving around in a pickup truck. Driving some gravel road, some back road, or spending time with Josie uh, fishing. I can remember so vividly now as a 55-year-old man, I remember so vividly sitting on a creek bank with my daddy just with a, a chunk of chicken liver, 
throwed out on the end of a hook out in the middle of a river just sitting there waiting on a catfish to swim by. We didn't have to talk. We didn't have to communicate. I was just sitting by my daddy. I was just spending time with him. he He was ministering to me. He didn't know it. He didn't have a clue. And when I go spend time with my girls, when I go spend fishing time or riding around in the, in the pickup truck time with them girls, can't do it no more. Gasoline is out of the roof. There ain't no just riding around. We might sit on the back porch and spit and whittle, but we can't go for a ride. I'm sorry. It just, just ain't happening. I filled up my truck today. I put 25, put 25 gallons of gasoline in my pickup truck today. And I went to Walmart where they've got cheap gas at the Walmart Murphy deal. And it was $95 to fill that pick-em-up truck up. Father God, help us. Jesus, come quickly. Amen. Amen. Quality time. I believe that we need that, that quiet place, that alone time with our Father, just like I spent with my daddy sitting on the creek bank. Quality time, alone time, talking time, listening time. Uh, How many would agree tonight that that the time we spend alone with God needs to be quality time? I, I believe we need to find a place where all the distractions can be removed and taken away and we can just focus on our Heavenly Daddy. A place we can focus our whole heart on our Father. I'm sure that that everybody in this room tonight tries to spend time every day in prayer. I'm so glad that you do. Thank you for spending prayer time. Thank you for for spending time. And I know some, you know, I've been around people, it was a competition. Well, how much time did you spend praying today? I spent an hour praying today. How much time did you spend praying today? Well, 30 minutes. You know, and you feel like you're a lesser person because you only spent 30 minutes in prayer and somebody else spent an hour or two or three hours in prayer. And, and that's some lofty goal that you're supposed to spend. Friend, I'm telling you, I'd rather spend 30 minutes or I'd rather spend five minutes or I'd rather spend 10 minutes talking to God sincerely than trying to talk to God and having all the distractions and all the interruptions of the world going on around me. Now, I know the word of the Lord says in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 17 that we're supposed to pray continually. We need to pray continually. You need to be in a continual conversation with your heavenly Father. Yesterday on my day off, I got to go ride the four-wheeler. I just spent time putt-putting around out in the woods and looking at Hubert's cows and looking at trees blooming and, and seeing all the ponds that were going dry. And I just spent time out in the woods. But the entire time I was on the back of that four-wheeler, me and my heavenly daddy was having a talk. We was talking about the church and we were talking about services and we were talking about souls. and It's just a continual conversation talking with the Lord. You can do that anywhere, right? We can talk with God while we're driving down the road. When, when He really comes in the cab of the truck, you're driving like this. You know, you got your knee that you're driving with and you're... Stay away from me if you ever drive up to the truck and both hands are in the air, okay? You can drive while you're, uh, you can pray while you're driving. You can, you can pray while you're at work. You, you can pray while you're in the shower or in the bathtub. You can pray anywhere, anytime, at any day. But friend, let me tell you something. While I was out there on the back of that four-wheeler riding around, I was having to watch out for tree stumps not to run into them. I was having to watch out for ditches not to fall off into them. And, and if we're in the shower or driving a truck or, or at work or, or wherever we're at, if we're trying to pray and we've got all this junk going on around us, how can I really focus on what my daddy's saying? How can I really focus on the fathers? Oh, I know that, that there's some super spiritual people that say, Oh, preacher, I can hear from God anywhere. Well, friend, you're a whole lot better than I am because I need some solitude, quiet time with my Father so that I can hear His voice and focus on what He has to say. And listen, I'm not alone in that because in Matthew chapter 14, verse 23, the Bible says that when Jesus had sent the multitudes away, He went up on the mountain by Himself to pray. And now when evening came, He was there alone. Jesus went alone by himself. He got off by himself in a quiet place to spend quality time with the Father. 
Listen, that's probably the reason why Jesus got up early before daylight. He may have known that was the only time that he was going to have a chance to be by himself. After that, people were going to be continually coming to him to get something from him. If he was going to have a quiet place, he had to get up early, go off by himself, and spend time in prayer. In fact, Jesus teaches and tells us in the book of Matthew chapter 6, verse 6, that when we pray, we're supposed to go into our room, close the door, and pray. We pray to our Father who is unseen, then our Father who is unseen sees what is done in secret and will reward you. Come on, even Jesus said, you need to get off by yourself, close the door behind you, and spend time in prayer alone. Now, I know that for, for parents, uh, young adults with children, sometimes that can be a very difficult thing to do. I understand. Uh, how do I have any alone time? How do I get away from this kid? How do I get away from this grandkid? I'm not talking to but one young, well, two young people in the whole room. There may come a day when you've got these kids running around and you really need some prayer time. Here's the dealio you got to look at your husband in the eye and say, if you don't take them in the other room, I'm killing you and them too. <laughs> no, not really. Don't, don't say that to him. But you got to work out a plan. You've got to work out some kind of a deal where you say, listen, you need prayer time and I need prayer time. You take the kids for this set time and I'll take the kids for that set time. And you can have prayer time and I can have prayer time. You've got to, oh, it's good for, for couples to pray together. Come on, I love praying with my wife. But the reality is, I need to pray by myself alone sometimes as well. How, how many believe that helps us be prepared when the opportunity presents itself for ministry? I believe God wants His people to be prepared for ministry. That means we got to get up. That means we got to be prayed up. And that means sometimes we got to go to the quiet place by ourselves and spend time alone there, quality time with our Heavenly Father. See, we live in a world filled with hurting people. Jesus came to minister healing. And He left you and I behind to be His hands and to be His feet. He's called us to be the church that brings healing and ministers healing to a hurting and dying world. And the only way that we're ever going to do that is if we find ourselves prepared. We can't give away what we don't have. We can't give out of an empty tank. We've got to be filled up. We've got to be prayed up. We've got to be getting up. And we've got to spend time alone with our Father. I want to pray with you tonight in this room. And I'm believing God is going to use this, this time that we've spent focusing on healing to minister healing to so many in our lives. Let's pray together. Father, I love you tonight in this place. I ask you, Lord God, to be glorified through every word that's been spoken. God, through the word that's been, been presented here tonight, may your name be exalted and be lifted high. Lord, if there be any among us tonight that are hurting, may healing flow into their body. And God, I pray if there's any lost and undone, God, minister healing of salvation into their lives as well. Lord, leave nothing out tonight in this meeting. And, and God, we do it all for the name of Jesus. We do it in that name. Amen and amen. Please, with heads bowed and eyes closed, just for a second. I know it's Wednesday. I know it's a chilly night. And uh, I understand that, that we live busy, busy lives. You've been at work all day or, or had stuff going on. But man, this is the important part of the service is right here, right now. If you're here tonight and you'd, you'd just say, Hey, Pastor, I need Jesus. I'm lost, I'm undone, I need Him to come into my heart, forgive me of sins, to, to, to save my soul. I need Jesus to become my Savior. If that's you, come on. I, I'm not going to embarrass you, I'm not going to make you uncomfortable, I just want to pray with you. It's just me and you here tonight. I know you'd say, Pastor, these are my friends, I've been going to church with these people, or I, I, I know these people, or whatever the case may be. It doesn't matter who's here. You're here, and the Lord's here. And if you need Jesus to become your Savior, would you lift your hand right now? I just want to pray with you anywhere in this room. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Congregation, would you stand with your pastor tonight, please? Can I ask you a question? Miss Sherry's going to put us on some music here in just a second, but don't you want to be ready? I mean, that's... Really, Christianity all boils down to being ready for, for several different things. We want to be ready when the trumpet sounds, number one. I want to be ready that, that when the trumpet sounds. I got the biggest kick this week. I guess it was 
Monday of, of this week, the, the tornado sirens went off about 10 o'clock in the morning. And uh, it wasn't just a few minutes. I, I looked at my phone to check the radar to make every, sure everything was okay. And I and, uh, didn't see no storm clouds or nothing. So I put my phone back down and went back to doing what I was doing. And just a few moments, the phone rang. It was Brother Black. Preacher, do you have any idea why the tornado sirens are going off? No, Brother Black, I'm not really sure. They didn't call me and clear that with me. So I'm not really sure exactly. He said, well, I was sure it wasn't the rapture. It wasn't the trumpet sounding because you answered the phone. <laughs> you always want to be ready for when the trumpet sounds, right? Because you don't want to disappoint Brother Black, okay? <laughs> you always got to be prayed up. You always got to be ready. But friend, I want you to understand as well, we always need to be ready to minister healing as well. We encounter people every day who need more than just a hello or a goodbye. They need our hearts. They need compassion. And it's going to take us being ready to minister to them to minister to them. Yeah. And so I invite you tonight, as Sherry puts on some music, would you take some time? Let's just spend it in prayer as we, as we go to the Lord tonight. God bless you as you pray.